0: Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renew Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami.
1: All right, well, how's everybody doing today? <laughs> Alex is doing good. I'm asking everybody else now. Alex, we know how you're doing. How's everybody else doing today? Come on, help me out amen 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 and those of you that are watching online thank you so much for being here thank you for joining us for renew church today it's going to be a great day i'm excited about it and uh man i'm uh just looking forward to all that god's going to do we start something new today uh every we do it throughout the school year we follow the school year third sundays of the month We do Leadership Institute. It's tonight, 6.30, right here. And uh, if you are a leader or you want to be a leader, we we teach these leadership principles. It's a great opportunity to grow in your leadership. It's once a month. There is no cost. 6.30 tonight. I'd love for you to join me for that. Also, baptism is next month. I mean, uh, this next week. And and child dedication is next month. So we've got a lot of things that we're excited about, things that we're looking forward to and and, uh, planning on. Including in addition to these things um, small groups some of you are already in small groups continuing Continuing groups like our men's group that meets throughout the year But there are other groups that start that launch in the fall So if you are interested we would love for you to check that out and get involved in one of our small groups Small groups that are going to start September the 10th. Okay, so let's pray together and then we'll get right in to The word would you pray with me? Father in heaven. I thank you for this day I thank you for all that you do for us. God, we love you and we need you and we just ask, oh God, that you would just bless this service, bless this time together and uh, God, just minister to hearts. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen, amen, amen. amen. All right. Well, hey, we started this series a couple of weeks ago. We started with uh, talking about a woman that had an encounter with Jesus, but she had issues, right? It it, it was this woman with the issue of blood, to put it nicely, And, and she says if I could just touch the fringe of his garment, if I could just touch the corner of his coat, like, if I could do that, I could be healed. And she does. She encounters Jesus, and and she's healed immediately. Last week, we heard from Sandy, who brought a powerful word on John the Baptist. And this is Jesus' cousin, John, the one that baptized Jesus. But um, he goes to Jesus. Actually, he sends his disciples, like his entourage, to go talk to Jesus, and they're asking him, who he is. And if he's the one, if he's the promised Messiah, she talked last week about an encounter that I loved. It was this, this like confrontational encounter that we sometimes need to have with others because sometimes we we're, we're hesitant or we don't want to face people or we just want to brush it under the rug. And that, that's not good. But sometimes we even need to do that with Jesus because when Jesus doesn't meet your expectations, uh, That's that's part of it. That's part of life. That's part of the what you expected to happen That's what happened with John and his disciples. So they're like man uh, Are you the one and and they were confronting him and let me tell you that that sometimes you need to have that kind of encounter with Jesus Not to say are you the one but Jesus? Why am I feeling like this is not working out the way that I expected Jesus? What's what's going on because he can handle it? Jesus can handle your unmet expectations. You just got to let him know and then you got to watch him work Because that's exactly what he did with John the Baptist. And that's what he wants to do with each and every one of us. Today I want to talk about a third encounter. And it's an encounter that I'm kind of like describing as the it factor. And in secular world, if you were to Google this idea, this definition of the it factor includes someone that has confidence, uh, charm, someone that's interested and interesting. Like they're not only interesting because they do cool things, but they're also interested in others they're they're authentic they're engaging and and they have this it factor right I mean if you google it it's kind of weird for whatever reason my face pops up right next to it um, that was a joke sorry uh, uh, but seriously this this it factor is this thing that people have or they they think they have but you can look good on the outside but how many of you know you can be missing something on the inside Right. You can look good on the outside and still be missing something on the inside, not really having it to the world. They think you have it, but to everybody else, they know you don't have it. Right. They, they know that, hey, there's something there's something missing and you don't have it. Today we're going we're to look at this story in Acts chapter 1 and 2. And um, it, just to give you some background, Jesus has been crucified. Even his own disciples have deserted him. But three days later, he rises from the dead. And Jesus encounters Mary, he encounters his disciples and some 500 other people in this 40-day period that he's back with them after his resurrection from the dead. But then he ascends into heaven and right before their eyes... He's he's like he disappears, right? This is how Luke uh, the the writer of the book of Acts and the gospel of Luke Puts it in Acts chapter one So i'm going to read this and you can follow along It says in my former book theophilus I wrote about all that jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven After giving instructions through the holy spirit to the apostles he had chosen after his suffering He presented himself to them and he gave many convincing proofs that he was alive He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. And on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so we just talked about John last week. For John baptized with water, but Jesus is saying in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and they asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And again, kind of like what John's disciples said to Jesus last week in last week's message. It's like, are, are you going to restore the kingdom? Like they're, they're thinking political, they're thinking government. And Jesus' response in verse 7 is, it's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid, them, hid him from their sight. That's Acts chapter 1. I, I want to uh, kind of summarize the rest of 1 and going into chapter 2. So, so here's the, the disciples and they're watching Jesus ascend into heaven. And they're thinking to themselves, what, what now? What do we do? Well, they 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 do what he says. They wait. They they wait, and and they actually gather together in this upper room, and, and it says they are constantly together in prayer. The other thing they do is they appoint a new like uh, disciple to to replace Judas. They they appoint uh, Matthias. They cast lots, and they appoint Matthias to become the the twelfth disciple, replacing Judas, the one that betrayed Jesus. And then all they're doing is praying and waiting, waiting and praying, praying and waiting. Here we go to Acts chapter 2, though, and this is what it says. And this is 10 days later. So can you imagine 10 days, like from now until next Wednesday, all the things that are going on? It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly like, a sound, like the blowing of a violent wind, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven And when they heard this sound a crowd came together in bewilderment Because each one had heard their own language being spoken Utterly amazed they asked Aren't all of these who were spoken? who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of them, each of us hears them in our own language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia and Egypt, in the parts of Libya and near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. in our own tongues, amazed and perplexed. They asked one another, what does this mean? The, these people that were all here in the moment of Pentecost, they, they, they're, they're witnesses to something miraculous. They're witnesses to what Jesus said was going to happen when they wait. They're witnesses to the, the, the amazing work of the infilling of the Holy Spirit that changed the lives of these people, but not only just so that they could speak in another tongue, but so that it could in turn change the lives of someone else. It says in verse 13, some of them, though, made fun of them and said they must be drunk. They've had too much wine to drink. Let me tell you, sometimes you're going to do things for God and people are going to mock you and they're going to laugh at you and they're going to oppose you to your face or behind your back. But this is what Peter does in Acts chapter 2. This is the continuation and this this is what what Peter says. We don't have it on the screen only because I'm kind of jumping verses because it's about a 20-minute passage and I won't read the entire passage. But I encourage you to read Acts chapter 2 this week. Peter says in verse 22, Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God, but God raised him from the dead freeing him from the agony of death and because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. In other words, Peter is giving the gospel. He's showing them the gospel here and now because he has their attention. In verse 32, he goes on to say, God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it, exalted to the right hand of God. He has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. Verse 36, Therefore let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you've crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and the other disciples, Brothers, what shall we do? Verse 38, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them, and he said, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. I'm glad I got a wow out of that. Because I kind of just tried to blow by it to see if anybody caught that, but it's, it's Peter... Uh, The the move of the Holy Spirit, Pentecost, they speak in these tongues and everybody says, wow about that. But you know what's more of a wow than that? It's the fact that they they draw this crowd, 3,000 people from all over the known world gathering for a festival and they hear them speaking in tongues and Peter all of a sudden just gives them the gospel. He gives them about a 25 minute dissertation. I summarized it, but he, he gives them the gospel and he tells them that this Jesus, whom you crucified, he's the one, both Lord and Messiah. He rose from the dead. He is the one that God has sent as his only son. And the wow is some 3,000 people repented and were baptized on that day. Isn't that amazing? Praise be to God. If you continue reading Acts chapter 2 it's the birth of the church it's the the birth and the growing pains of the church because you know when you when you when you're growing you have growing pains right and and there are some growing pains but Acts chapter 2 is a beautiful picture of what the church is supposed to be verses 42 to 48 is a whole sermon or probably a series of messages on discipleship and fellowship and ministry and evangelism and worship. All the things that they were doing together as they broke bread together and they shared with anyone as he had need and and they were teaching in the temple and all of these things that happened, they did it with glad and sincere hearts and praising God. It's the picture of the birth and the growth of the church even with its growing pains. You see, Christians, oftentimes, we, we talk about Pentecost Right after we talk about Easter, so we talk about Christmas at Christmas time, Easter at Easter time, and then about 50 days later, you may or may not know about Pentecost. It's that, that moment in the church when the Holy Spirit comes, and, and we acknowledge that this is where this, this opportunity for us to no longer just have to go through a, 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 a priest. We, the, the, t- the veil was torn. Uh, when when Jesus died but now we have literally Jesus living inside of us the Holy Spirit guiding us in everything that we say in everything that we do we get to experience that personally because when Jesus said it when I when I leave I'm not going to leave you alone I'm going to send the advocate I'm going to send the this this uh, counselor and he's going to help you and he's going to guide you he's going to be with you in every step of the way Oftentimes we we only look at it maybe around May or June, something like that. And and it's a great thing to talk about at that point in time, but it's also a really good thing to talk about in the midst of an encounter series. It's a good thing to talk about at any time of the year because I think that sometimes we forget that God wants to be with you, that God wants to have an encounter moment with each and every one of you, not just in May or in June, but throughout your life. I love the fact that this this was preached not only um, how it was preached, but who preached it because it was preached by Peter and maybe you're thinking of Peter as, wow, what a bold disciple and and author of uh, a couple of the books in the New Testament and yes, he's a great man, but did you know that 53 days earlier, 53 days before he preached this message, he had said, I never knew him. This is the same man that when Jesus was crucified, They were saying, aren't you the one? And he's like, I don't know him. And he curses. And and, and it's like the rooster crows three times. And he's like, man, what did I just do? This Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost before a crowd of people, the same people that he once feared, the same people that he was once judged by. And he boldly declared the gospel of God. Isn't that amazing? So yes, we love the fact that there's these, these signs and wonders. We love the fact that there's this Spiritual like tongues. But even more than that is the spiritual boldness that came out of Pentecost. The spiritual boldness that came through this encounter that needs to happen in each and every single one of us. Peter had an encounter with the living God and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He had it. And I wonder if you have it. I'm going to give you some characteristics of those that have it, characteristics of, of it in this Movement and and we're not talking about the secular, superficial Google version of it. We're talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And here's the first one: is number one, it happens when you wait. It happens when you wait. If you're taking notes, these are in the, the the fill in the blanks there. Acts chapter one verse four says, Jesus said, "Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you heard me speak about. John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit." like what if it wasn't 10 days you know I thought about what if it was 20 days or what if it was 200 days what would that have been like but they waited they did a little bit of administration and they appointed the new disciple and they did all of these things but really they were just constantly together in that upper room in prayer and waiting and that's how it happens it happens when you wait They that wait upon the Lord, Isaiah 40 says, will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Psalms 27 says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. He says it again, wait for the Lord. Some of us are so busy trying to get it done. Some of us are so busy trying to get ahead of God, we we think, you know, he's a little bit behind schedule, so let me help him out, right? You're trying to help the God of the universe, aren't you, sometimes? I, I am. I sometimes think, God, I got it. Don't worry. And if, if, if I, I need your help, I'll call you. But that's not the way this works. It happens for those who wait. When you're led by the Spirit of God, you're not freaking out at every turn by everything that's happening. I was on a connecting flight on Friday that was, was um, I missed. We, we, we were flying from Montana to Denver and then Denver to Miami. It was a, a pastor's retreat with 22 other pastors in in. Uh, Helena, Montana, and we got to see Yellowstone and Missouri River and do some really cool things with some amazing men and women of God. Um, and on the way back, the, the we got in the plane, they taxied for a little bit, and then when we got in the air, the pilot comes over the air and he says, hey, we're going to have to like make a, a, a stop in Rapid City, South Dakota. I don't even know where that is, but I guess we were running low on fuel. So we had to pull off in Rapid City to put gas and then um, get back on track and wait on them to open the airport because I guess there was weather in Denver. And, um, you know, we were watching our clocks. Everybody on the airplane was watching their clocks saying, Man, connecting flight, connecting flight, connecting flight. And sure enough, missed the flight. To my left is this lady. And this lady is like literally like she's cussing under her breath and getting a little bit louder by, o- over the moments at the pilot, like the pilot has anything to do with it. She's, she's, she's slamming her window shade, lifting it up. and sla- like, I'm like, this lady, she's acting like she's seven years old, right? But she's cursing like a, a sailor. And uh, it, it, it's ridiculous watching this, but to my right is this guy that's just kind of hanging out, and, and, and at the same time, I'm just starting a conversation with him. Typically, I wouldn't do it quite like her because I don't curse, but typically I might get a little bit frustrated or upset in, in circumstances, but for some reason God had given me a peace in that moment, in that, uh, on that runway in, in Rapid City, South Dakota. I knew that I wasn't going to make the flight. I knew that there wasn't another flight that night, but for whatever reason, God had just given me this peace, and this peace allowed for me to meet this guy that was on the plane with me, and we ended up hanging out for about 15 hours. I got to learn a lot about his religion, and I got to share my faith with him, not only in word, but in action. And it wasn't a big deal, but I could have made it a big deal, like that lady that was sitting beside me. It happens when you wait, though, is the point that I'm making, and I believe that that's just the beginning of something, and I don't know what it's going to be, maybe for this man or for, for something that God put me in Denver for an extra 15 hours but you can't do it if you're trying to force it. The second thing is, is it can't be manufactured. I can always tell when I don't have it. It's usually in a place where I'm frustrated and I'm I'm trying to take back control, and, and it's not something that I can drum up. If you try to manufacture this work of the Holy Spirit, you'll be left empty and disappointed. It doesn't happen because you're putting it together or you have the ingredients of making it. It, it can't be manufactured. It happens when you wait. It can't be manufactured. And, and the third thing that I want you to get is that it's powerful. In Acts chapter one verse eight, he says, "You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you." You know what that word power is? The power that word power in the Greek is this word dunamis, which is actually a, a root word for the word dynamite. So we're not just talking like. Powerful as in like, wow, they've got authority, or powerful as in, wow, they're, they're up there, high up, high levels of, of leadership. It's powerful like blowing up stuff powerful. He's saying you will receive power, blowing up stuff power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And what for? So that you can be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and at the Denver airport. That's why you have that. It's, it's, can't be manufactured. You have to wait on it. It's powerful. And number four, you can't fake it. Don't fake it. If it's not happening and you can't manufacture it, then don't fake it. You you know, I I told you there was growing pains. The growth and the growing pains in the church. But there's this this bad news in the Bible if you read on from Acts chapter 2 on to 3 and 4 and 5. There's this this picture of the church being birthed and and people selling their possessions and giving to anyone as he had need, as as it was written in Acts chapter 2. But there's in the very end of Acts 4 is this explanation of how Joseph sells a field and he brings the proceeds of the sale to the apostles' feet. And then the very next verses, which is chapter 5, but it's not like Luke wrote chapter 4, verse 1 through 30, and then 5, 1 through somebody else chaptered and versed the scriptures after he took over right like after he had already written this and so in acts chapter four it talks about when joseph sells the field but guess what happens in acts chapter five verse one the very next verses it says ananias and sapphira they sell a field and they hold back part of the money and then they put it at the apostles feet so they 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 take the amount that they get they put a little bit back in their pocket and then they bring it to the apostles' feet. As if to say that maybe they were kind of manufacturing something, they were, they were faking something up, they were trying to make something happen because they wanted to be, uh, you know, good in the eyes of these men. But God knew all along what was going on. God knew all along what was happening right, right at the moment in which they were doing it. And that would not have been a problem for Ananias and Sapphira had they not lied about it, and lied to these disciples and lied to God. If they would have said, hey, uh, you know, I sold a piece of property and I want to give a portion of what I have to God. But instead they did what they followed Joseph in doing, but all the while keeping part of it for themselves. And because of that, it says Ananias drops dead like right there in front of everybody. And then three hours later, his wife walks in and his wife's like, hey, uh, did you and your husband sell a piece of property and give the proceeds? Uh, did did you bring the proceeds to help in in the, the building of the church? And she goes, yes. And he goes, man, the guys that just carried your husband's body out, they just they just did it, and, and they're back for you. And she she drops dead right then and there. It's the growth and the growing pains of the church. And you don't want to you don't want to be on that side of it. You don't want to fake this, is what I'm saying. There there is an ugly side to not not an ugly side, but a a a. a a surreal, serious side to what it is that we're talking about here with the Holy Spirit. So don't fake it. Don't play with God in your walk with God. So don't manufacture it. It's powerful. It happens when you wait, and then finally, last of all, don't. Uh, people will know it. People will know it. As you continue reading through Acts. Uh, you'll see many more examples of the Holy Spirit working. But this, this moment that happens at the end of Acts 2 with Peter, 3,000 people are baptized. And believers begin to share their possessions, and the church grew and expanded. People knew it. People know that these people had the Holy Spirit in them. It just was evident in everything that they did. And my question for you as we kind of bring this to a close is do they know it about you? Do they know it about you? Do they know that there's something in you that is different? I think about my own life, and I... I, may have some big ones, you know, like some big moments in my life that I can share that are like, wow, God, you know, He spoke to me and I shared it a couple weeks ago when it was an audible voice that nothing else matters, nothing else matters, nothing else matters. And, and those were, were moments in my life where God showed up in a big way. But you know, there's also little ways. Like this week when I just decided to send a three-word text to somebody out of the blue praying for you. And the response was, wow, thank you, Pastor. And and so many times we've had those moments where it's, it's nothing special, but it's just because of the leading of the Holy Spirit that it causes you to do something and it changes the situation. People will know it. It's doing stuff sometimes that I don't want to do. Meetings that I hate or making time for things that, that I... Man, there's this one particular meeting that I'm a part of very regularly, and I don't want to do it. It has nothing to do with renew, I promise. Some of y'all are trying to guess which one it is. But it, it's something I do not like to do. But, and, and, and I've got excuses. Like everybody else that skips the meeting, I've got excuses. I can make excuses. But for whatever reason, the Holy Spirit just keeps on making me show up. He keeps on making me zoom in if it's on a zoom or in person if it's in person why because I don't know why I don't really want to I want to be like the others that just are like oh I gotta trim my fingernails you know what I mean I, I'm too busy but I'm showing up because I'm being led by the Holy Spirit does that make sense it's it's big things and it's it's little things it's it's you know planting a church and, and taking a 40% pay cut to, to start a church uh Almost five years ago, four and a half years ago. It's, it's um believing God for a compassionate ministry center. Haven't even really verbalized that up until now, but I'm, I'm believing it. I'm believing God's going to do that for us. He's going to help us to be able to help lead people to a renewed life in Christ in more tangible ways. We're doing some amazing things as it is, but I'm believing God's going to do even more things in the days ahead. It's, it's big stuff. But it's also like simple stuff, like putting out every chair we have in the sanctuary today. I I made a note this week. I felt like God said to me, put all the chairs out today. And we don't have to put all the chairs out at Renew Church. We have two services, and we got a lot of chairs, and this is a big room. But God said to me, put out the chairs. So I got up this morning at 7 a.m. before anybody else was here, and I got an extra 25 chairs. I didn't put them all out because there's 10 that I should have got out, but the kids needed them. But every single church chair that we have, I put it out today. And I had our production team walking in right after I was kind of wrapping up, finishing up. And they're like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? I'm like, I don't actually know. It's just God. It's just me being faithful to God and believing God that, God, you're, you're, you want to do something. You want to fill all of these chairs in this next ministry season. You want to do something. And I'm just going gonna, gonna, to, if you told me to get the chairs... I'm going to get the chairs. I'm going to do my part. People will know it, is what I'm saying. No matter what it is, people will know that, hey, there's something happening in the way that she's walking, talking, living, decision-making. Everything she does, they can see and they can pinpoint, wow, that's the Spirit of God in them. They might not at first, like, like the Jews that were there. Listening to to Peter talk and they're like what's going on. You must be drunk at first. They might not get it But soon enough It could transform their lives and 3,000 people could be added To the number that day, amen because you're obedient because you're faithful because you're believing God I Hope and I pray each and every one of you in this room and those of you within the sound of my voice online, I hope and I pray that you're experiencing or will experience the power and the move of the Holy Spirit in your life. That you'll experience an encounter in your life that doesn't just settle with, well, I asked Jesus to forgive me of my sins, so I'm good for this, this week, and you know maybe I'll show up next week or in a couple weeks. No, I, I really want him to be like your life. Your lifeline. I want him to be your Lord, because that's what we describe this as, as Lord and Savior. I want him to, to have a say in everything you do. Peter told these people when they were like, what shall we do? He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I want that for you. And how, how will you do it? By repenting, by being baptized, if you've never been baptized. And allow Jesus to forgive you of your sins. And if you'll do that, if you'll do that, man, he wants to fill you with his Holy Spirit so that you'll never be the same. Would you stand with me this morning? We're going to pray. And uh, just before I even give an invitation or your opportunity to respond, I just want to pray with you. So would you uh, bow your heads? Father, I thank you. I thank you for each and every person within the sound of my voice. God, I thank you for the work that you're doing in their lives. God, I thank you for the the birth of the church and the example of of, uh, the apostles. God, I thank you for Pentecost. I thank you for the infilling of the Holy Spirit that happened then and that happens today. And God, even now as I pray, I pray for some people that are saying, yes, I want that. I want to repent. I want to turn from my ways. I want to turn from my choices and my selfishness, and I want to turn to Jesus. I want him to be Lord of my life. I want him to, to, to uh, just to sanctify everything about me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. God, I want him to just be in total control of my life. So I surrender to you. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed this morning, just as a sign of, of saying, I want to receive the gift of the Spirit. There's not any kind of ceremony that we do. There's not any kind of thing that you have to do. Here's the only thing that I'm, I'm going to do just, just as a, a, an outward sign of something that's happening on the inside. I just want you as if, as if I'm going to put something in your hand just want you to put your hand out, your hands out, and say, God, give me your Holy Spirit. Give me your Holy Spirit. Father, you know each and every person. You know where they're at. You know how how, how close they are to you, and you know those that have, have maybe strayed from you. You know those that have, have lived this life maybe on, on both sides and maybe kind of playing the fake it game. And you're calling them out and you're saying do you want this or not because you can't manufacture it God help them to wait on you I pray that you'd show up Pray that you'd reveal yourself in such powerful ways that it could not be denied and because of it some 3,000 more could be added to the number Because of what you did in them if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior this is the first step and so for a person in the room or even online that, that doesn't know Jesus this is how you can first, first of all be filled with the Holy Spirit you've got to accept Jesus His forgiveness of your sins, His death on the cross to set you free and to give you a new life so even as I pray this prayer out loud you can pray it in your heart But I just want to pray this prayer and give you that opportunity to respond and say yes to Jesus in the same way. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross. I know that I'm a sinner, that I've made mistakes. Forgive me of my sin and come into my life. Today I declare you as my Lord and my Savior. Today I choose to follow you turn my back on my past and my sin and my brokenness. Fill me with your spirit as I wait on you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If that was you today, if you made that declaration, would you just lift your hand so that I can acknowledge it? If that was you, praise God. Praise God. Anybody else? If that was you, would you just lift your hand? Praise God. I see your hand up here, man. Anybody else? Anybody else? Praise God, sir. I see your hand. Awesome awesome. Man, I, I, I don't know what God's going to do in your life, but for those of you that are willing and, and ready and allowing God, man, don't, don't put a lid on what He can and wants to do in you. Amen. Let's continue in worship together as we sing. Would you sing with us? a prayer ministry that is taking serious, I know I said this before but taking serious each and every one of these needs, all of your requests and they're, they're also they're bringing them before God, they're looking at them praying over them but in, in addition to that they want to pray with you and I know I didn't open it up before the song but as soon as this service dismisses we'll have prayer ministers that are going to be up here up front and if you have a need if you have something that you just want to kind of share your burden with I just want to invite you to come and allow them to uh, pray with you, pray over you, whatever that is, to carry that burden with you. Also just want to mention, and I'm going to invite Rebecca to come back up in just a second. I know I'm out of order a little bit, but next week we conclude this series with, we've done nights of worship. We're going to do a day of worship. So the service is going to be a, a, a extended worship set, just allowing the Holy Spirit to lead in that you don't want to miss it make sure that you don't miss it make sure that you invite uh, someone to be here because man i I just truly believe god wants to do an encounter in each and every single one of us amen amen all right come on up rebecca
0: good morning everyone i'm rebecca you can go ahead and have a seat i'm going to close us out this morning thank you again for coming to Renew church thank you guys just being here, I'm going to share or give a few more announcements, and then I'm going to pray us out, and um, the first one is baptisms, August 27th, which is next Sunday, and as pastor was speaking, what a beautiful day to not just receive the word, but to worship in a service and close that up with baptism, I don't know about you guys, but I just got some goosebumps up here, it's a beautiful thing to be in the presence of the Lord. And with just this teaching today you know the bible says that how much more will god give his children that ask and those that know me know that i try to keep it simple asking god for the holy spirit is that simple sometimes so thank you pastor also uh september 9th we're having a hope center gala there's little cards on your chairs the little um, black cards that are there with gold on them If you don't know what a Hope Center is, there's one here in Homestead, and we partner with them. It's a beautiful recovery center. They need us, Uh, not just our prayers, financially too, and it's a fundraiser. So if you have questions about it or how you can help, um, the information is on the card, okay? So reach out to us. Today, we have Merch Sunday. So we have some tables set up outside with new shirts. Really, really nice. The material's wonderful. I like those. And caps, and just another way to have some um, stuff for you to wear around Miami, because the power of the invite. Don't forget to invite people to church on Sundays. And also, um, it's on here, but I'm going back to the beginning. We have Leadership Institute tonight. You might think, yes, it's only for leaders, but everyone's a leader. We lead our homes, we lead at work, we lead. So if you want to get a good lesson tonight on what it looks like and how you could actually serve here at Renew Church, come back tonight here, 6.30 p.m. So I'm going to get into our offerings, tithes and offering. There's three ways to give here at Renew Church. The first one is the envelope behind your chairs. If you would like to put your tithes and offering in there, you can drop it in one of the buckets or the little black box outside. And um, that's option one. You can give online www.renew.miami/give. And the third is give to text 786-565-1165. So I'm going to close us out in prayer, and I thank you all again today for coming. God, we give you glory and honor today, Lord, and we humble ourselves. In your mighty presence, Holy Spirit, we can't do any of this without you, so we thank you, God, in heaven for that gift, for that promise, Lord, and just thank you for, for the things we see and even those that we can't see, allow our spiritual eyes to know you and see you every day more. God, I I bless every family here in this place today. Those listening online, Lord, that maybe can't come in to, to meet with us, Lord, you're omnipresent and you can anywhere at any time, Lord, so we thank you for that. God, I pray for these tithes and offering that you may continue to allow us to help our church, our families, and your community, and just your world, Lord. We love you. We thank you for who you are. And I bless us all today in Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. May God bless you all. Thanks for coming.